Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Wednesday, the 11th of January. First up, AOC gets destroyed for insane gas stoves claim on Twitter, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez versus brain damage. I've got a great topic for you. Uh, you may have seen some of the stories going on around gas ovens or gas stoves and like having uh, a ban on them. Why? Because Democrats do nothing but waste time and money. I, I don't I don't understand. Boy, wait till they get to, you know, with some of these Democrats like AOC come out to the Midwest and see all those evil grills on everybody's backyards that are running off LP. Uh, but one of the this is one of the weirdest takes of like going after and trying to ban, ban gas ovens that I've ever seen has thankfully led to one of the best self-owns of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's career. And uh, today we're going to discuss that. Now, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez shares what is one of the best hot takes of her, her bright young career. Did you know that ongoing exposure to NO2 gas from gas stoves is linked to reduced cognitive performance? You see, Democrats are literally insane. This is like, this is even more hilarious than like the cow farts thing. Like, first of all, where the hell? Oh, pardon my French, sorry. I just get so angry at stupidity. How do they think the electricity is generated to run these electric stoves? It's literally the same argument of people who drive electric cars. Well, it's really an argument that's forced on electric car owners. You know, for example, I own a Tesla, right? I never bought it to save the planet. I don't know a single person on earth that told me they bought their Tesla to save the planet. But every person who doesn't own a Tesla always says, well, you know, you're not saving the planet with that. Yeah, no, I bought it because it was the fastest production car on the planet, not because it was saving trees, bro. And every Tesla owner that I know couldn't care, did not, saving the environment never factored in. You talk to any woman in the Midwest who has to deal with winter and you tell them, hey, guess what? You never have to stop at a gas station again. Um, or any woman, for example, hey, you never have to stop at a gas station at night alone anymore. You know, like, anyway, sorry. It's just, it's so funny. Like, you know, they're not saving the planet, bro. Yeah, yeah, I know. Same thing with electric ovens, right? The way they're handling it in New York City isn't to force people to switch what they already have. Folks can keep their appliances, and new buildings in New York City will have gas-free stoves. As for federally, any proposal from the CPSC will go through quite a lengthy review process. And you see, Brandon Morse, what company is paying you to say that? Mostly peaceful memes. Thanks, but I don't take health advice from people who believe um, <laughs> destroying children is healthcare. And by the way, the best part is, <laughs> guys, she may have a point. She claims it caused brain damage and she herself has a gas oven. And that's one of the most hilarious parts about this. All these idiots pushing against gas stoves all use, you guessed it, gas stoves. Here's Pocahontas with her gas stove. Here's AOC with her gas stove. Here's Dr. Jill Biden with her gas stove. Uh, she's apparently cooking lettuce on her oven. Uh, that's normal. And then Kamala Harris also using a gas stove. Right. It's so funny to me that like the, 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 that I mean, OK, let's get to the stories. Let's get to the stories. New York Congresswoman and environmentalist Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez took heat on Twitter after she mocked Representative Ronnie Jackson for tweeting that he would never give up his gas stove on Monday. The exchange, of course, went viral with Ocasio-Cortez post racking up more than 73,000 likes on Twitter. Did you know that ongoing exposure to NO2 from gas stoves is linked to reduced cognitive performance. So she's basically trying to say like, oh, using gas stoves make you stupid, but she also uses a gas stove. Jackson said he would rather die than give up his gas stove. The commissioner for the United States Consumer Product Safety Commission told Bloomberg news that the agency is considering a ban on gas stoves reportedly out of concern for the environment and people's personal health. Actors Politicians and conservative activists made fun of Ocasio-Cortez for the exchange, asking the congresswoman how many gas stoves she owned and joking that her proposal was a direct attack on chefs like Gordon Ramsay. Ocasio-Cortez argued that the proposal to ban gas stoves was a perfectly reasonable one. 
this is what she does in Congress, right? This is how she spends her time pushing ridiculous things that will never pass. And like, you know, once her looks fade, like that's it. Look back at all the, all the legislation, name a single piece of legislation that Alexander Ocasio-Cortez has passed, written and passed. I'm guessing that number zero. Democrats are literally insane. Actor Nicholas Tutoro wrote, he also joked that gas stoves was one of the many inventions that will be banned by the Biden administration. Dems will be banning the wheel next. Is this attack on, an attack on Gordon Ramsay? Republican congressional candidate Max Avery tweeted, how many gas stoves do you have? Actor Matthew Marsden said. Multiple users posted pictures of First Lady Jill Biden cooking spinach with a gas stove indoors. Freedom Speaks Up CEO Seth Weathers tweeted that Ocasio-Cortez might do well to check her own cognitive ability after using gas stoves. Is that what happened to you? Virginia State Delegate Nick Freitas argued that cooking in the home was an important requirement of freedom. Did you know that it's a lot harder for the government to arbitrarily cut off your access to power if you're using gas as opposed to electric? Or is it, or is that the actual point? You know, we saw this in, um, over the summer, right? In Denver, I think it was, it was definitely in Colorado where people had signed up to these like premium power programs or whatever, um, probably never read the fine print, but then the power company was actually locking them out of their own thermostats to save energy. So they were being told by the power company that they could not run their air conditioning. Um, I suspect the same would be true for heat uh, during the winter. Some say, and I think there's some merit to it, that that's exactly what some government officials would want. You see AOC dragged for claiming gas stoves are linked to brain damage. The congresswoman's attempted clapback backfired as detractors, many politicians and conservative activists were quick to pile on. Interesting. I didn't know everything in the White House ran off gas, cracked South Carolina State Representative Matthew Lieber. And I think it's funny you see here, quote the Raven, uh, pointing to, I'm certain you're right. Here's AOC using a gas stove. Here's Kamala Harris using a gas stove. This is a problem you actually find serious, asked the Libertarian Party of Illinois' Twitter account, April Fool's in January. Crazy. Just like what's going, ongoing exposure to Washington is linked to reduced cognitive performance, which you demonstrate daily, sniped National Libertarian Party's account. What's, what's sad about this is, though, that there's some level of truth here that, like, you, that is concerning to me. There's some level of, like, why do they want to get rid of gas ovens? You know, I, I don't know how, you know, a lot of times everyone says so, how something's super free. It turns out it's really not. Like, I run my whole house on LP. Um, you know, like, almost all of it anyway. Uh, and I have two gigantic LP tanks, but like once those run out, I still need a business to come fill that. So it's not like, you know, it would be hard for them to shut off at least the heat and, and elect, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I have a gas generator too, so I could still run my business, uh, off LP. I don't know how efficient that would be, but I could, if they shut off my power, I can generate my own with LP. Um, now, I don't know how difficult it is for the government to turn that off versus turning off electricity. I suspect the right phone call in either scenario is pretty easy. Uh, but it's actually, you know, once the jokes, as the joke, putting the jokes aside, it's actually pretty scary that this is what our government is, is worried about. You know, um, a, you know, a ridiculous, um, you know, it's part of Democrats' war on fossil fuels. It has nothing to do with health. That's just what they're using to scare you into obedience. Look up the New York Post article on September 14th. Study finds gas stoves caused asthma. Coincidentally, months later, Biden comes out proposing a ban on gas stoves. Give me an alternative that is better than little kids in, in, in lithium mines and cobalt mines, and then we'll talk. Until you can do that, until you can offer an actual alternative, that's one of the, the crazy things about these you know, fossil fuel attacks. Like, look, I, I agree. We're not getting any more of it. So we need to consider, we need to have other alternatives, other options, right? You can't just ban something with no replacement.
that's how you get $7 a gallon gas, right? But they don't really care about that. They just care about the headlines. And next up today, leftist schools celebrate the passing of Diamond from Diamond and Silk by spreading fake news about her. Over the weekend, it, it became, uh, there was some news about some uh, conservative commentators, Diamond and Silk. If you're unaware of who they are, uh, they've been around for a very long time. They were very close to Donald Trump, the Trump campaign, and many people in the conservative space. I, I've never met them, but uh, I can go off the opinions of people, the things that people whom I trust and respect uh, had said about them. And they seem to be two very, very kind individuals. Now, we often talk about, you know, the way, you know, to be fair, both sides of the political aisle can often, um, you know, not even wait for the bodies to be cold, for example, uh, to try and politicize various things. Uh, we see it every time there's kind of a mass event or, you know, now every time an athlete uh, <laughs> expires suddenly, um, people are really quick to rush to politicize it. And uh, sadly, uh, lefty Twitter has dance, is busy dancing on Diamond's grave as she passed away the other day, um, claiming she passed away from uh, the coof, uh, which is just, uh, you know, it's sad. You know, it's really sad that, that people are this way. This is just a regular person, a commentator, you know, somebody who, uh, you know, had opinions. But we're not talking about like some government official that sent uh, young men to go uh, perish in the desert somewhere like McCain. OK, this is just a commentator. Um, and the idea that, you know, you're talking about a group of people that are supposed to be accepting and, and warm and you know, understanding, um, not only are they spreading what I can now show to you and prove to you as fake news, um, but the fact that they would uh, dance on this woman's grave, um, a black woman, not that it makes a difference to me, but the left, uh, apparently it's different, uh, is sad. And it shows their true colors. As soon as news broke that um, Diamond, of the pro -Trump, one of the pro-Trump influencers from Diamond and Silk, had passed away, on Monday, liberal critics began claiming that she had passed away from the coof after speaking out against the poke. Diamond had previously been hospitalized in November, and despite rumors suggesting that she had been fighting coof, she returned to her show to call those reports fake news. Uh, you know, by the way, uh, <laughs> look at the, if you look at the current stats of people that are not surviving. Um, there's an interesting new trend of whether or not they have the product in their system or not. Um, Diamond had pretty, okay, so a Temple University professor, Mark Lamont Hill, was among those criticizing Diamond and perpetuating the claim that she had passed away from complications from the coof. Diamond, of the right-wing Trump-loving duo Diamond and Silk, has passed away. In late November, she was hospitalized due to the coof. The duo was fired by Fox a couple of years ago for spreading misinformation about the coof. You cannot script this stuff, he tweeted. Um, you know, just screw this guy. You know, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, a lot of these replies to, by the way, 35,000 likes from people. You see Prince Jackson's here writes, wow, it sounds as though you're insinuating that she, she passed away from the coof and that you're taking great pleasure in that. You're absolutely disgusting. Yeah. And then I like how they like to hide behind. He's what's what do you mean? Uh, what what am I saying uh, about suggesting pleasure? We all know what you said, bro. Stand ten toes behind it at least. Don't be a huge puss bag and pretend like, well, well, I was only insinuating. You know, it's like even people on the right that were like, oh, well, ooh, another athlete passed away suddenly, and then they'll say, well, I wasn't talking about the poke. Yes, you were. Like, just own it. Like, at least have the conviction, the strength to stand behind um, saying these things. And, like, of course, there's just so much more, you know. Chef and TV host Am, uh, Andrew Zimmern joined in as well, adding some of the saddest news each day, reports of coof deniers that thought who's, uh, those who thought it was a myth passing away from the coof, a.k.a. Diamond from Mega Trump supporting duo, 
passed away after contracting what she frequently called a hoax. Stop believing the lies. Again, they have no idea why she passed away. Nobody knows yet. Okay. And even if it was the coof, um, you know, I think that there are other reasons, there are other reasons to, you know, dislike somebody's opinions, but like they're dead now. Okay. It's, it's pretty pathetic to dance on people's graves, especially to somebody who had like a political disagreement. Diamond didn't have any political power. Diamond didn't have any power to enforce or, or reject any kind of poke mandates. And you see Christy Jackson here. Diamond and Silk were fired from Fox for pushing coof conspiracies. And tonight, Diamond died from the coof. It just writes itself, doesn't it? I mean, it's sick. Mega anti-poke Diamond of Diamond and Silk has passed off coof. Please, people, protect yourselves and get the poke. Again, more people passing away from uh, who have it. I heard that. I guess I can't confirm that currently. The Daily Beast political reporter Will Summer urged caution, however, noting that Diamond's official cause of passing had not been revealed, and adding that the original article claiming that her November hospital visit had been the result of the coup did not appear to have any reliable source. So it was fake then. They removed it. They removed the post, that article. I know that it's, it's gone now. And now everyone's just making this up. You can see the Blavity article is still up on MSN, so you can read it and see that, oh, it's still up, and that the Koof claim is not sourced to anything. The article just asserts it without with explaining where they're getting without explaining where they're even getting that idea. And you can see, you know, her poor sister has to read this stuff. Like I, you know, I've often told like friends and family, like, man, if something ever happens to me, like just stay off Twitter for that day. You know, because I know people will just say, you know, will will say heinous things, and more people will say kind things, certainly. But as humans, we're like programmed to kind of be magnetically attracted to these negative things. It's it's one of the it's one of the weird things you kind of learn about as a content creator, and also, I assume this is translates to anybody on social media. It's just weird how you you like gloss over a thousand comments, and then you like see the negative one, and it pops out at you. Um. This is on purpose, right? Here's Diamond and Silk officially tweeting, quote tweeting, uh, fighting back against Mark Lamont Hill's heinous statement. I will not allow you or any other mofo the opportunity to disparage, slander, and lie on my sister and I. Where is your proof that my sister was ever hospitalized due to the coof and that we were even fired from Fox? Investigate before you celebrate. You have till 12 noon today to retract. Of course, that clown will not retract i think that it's you know it's a sad um you know time in this world where you know and, and maybe at myself i get you know stuck in this too you can see donald trump writing really bad news for republicans and frankly all americans our beautiful diamond of diamond and silk has just passed away at her home in the state she loves so much north carolina silk was with her all the way and at her passing there's no better team anywhere or at any time. Diamond's passing was totally unexpected. Probably her big and precious heart just plain gave out. Rest in peace, our magnificent diamond. You will be greatly missed. That was a nice post by Trump. That was well written. Um, you know, I, I don't know these people. Um, but look, I, there are probably things that they said that I don't agree with or that I, you know, that I disagree with. But I just think it's sad to see, you know, these ghouls uh, doing this kind of stuff. Maybe Carpe Donctum, who has known them, wrote, I first heard of them in 2016, just as many of you did, as the raucous duo of Trump-supporting leaders who were attacked by the media for daring to support Trump while being black. I followed them and enjoyed their viral videos and mostly beatdowns of the MSM. In 2019, they approached me via Twitter DMs after Trump had reposted some video of Joe Biden sniffing himself that they asked if I could do something like that for them, which of course I did. They were a joy to work with and provided everything I needed for the project. We kept in contact, saw each other at events quite often. In 2020, they approached me again with an idea for a campaign-related video. For a month or so, we worked out the details and I just got, and just got the video just how they wanted it. You know, he says, you know, technical, dif um, 
I worked very closely with both Diamond and Silk over the summer, hammering out details of getting it just so. Both ladies were sweet and kind, but they knew what they wanted and how they wanted it. Their attention to detail was incredible. Um, again, you know, Diamond was fierce, intelligent, patriotic, quick-witted, loyal, compassionate, and unrelenting. I will forever miss my friend Diamond, and my prayers are with Silk and her family. I love you both, and we'll see Diamond again someday. Um, you know, and then, of course, there are, you know, ghouls in the chat. It's just sad. You know, it's the body isn't even buried, and people are, you know, first of all, apparent, apparently just per perpetuating a lie that her, her sister has now refuted. Um, but taking joy in that is just sad, and it's just, it's, it's just gross. Um, you know, I'll take no pleasure if something, you know, even my most, like, virulent enemy uh, or somebody I like, let's say Taylor Lorenz, like I want Taylor Lorenz to have a long, health, happy, healthy life. Even if I hate what she does for a living. Um, and I, 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 I hope that people feel the same way. And if they don't, they probably need to spend a little less time on social media, a little more time outside touching grass. And next up, the most epic OnlyFans backfire in history. Welcome to the monetization challenge. That's right. This video is covering perhaps the the most uh, questionable topic I've covered in a while. And it's like so odd that I'm not sure I even want to put a sponsor in it. Like I, I, I just, I'm just going to try to cover it uh, as is. Um, you know, I think I've talked about, you know, hilarious backfires and L's from people that decide to go down the route of selling pictures of their body on the internet, particularly using OnlyFans. This is a market that is relatively new, quite flooded. And, uh, you know, sure, one, one tenth of 1% of these women make a living doing it. Most people toil away for free, providing endless content to nobody that wants it. Uh, it's very similar to YouTube. It's extremely difficult to get any kind of traction on YouTube. Most creators on YouTube publish videos to audiences of less than 10 people their entire lives. And you have to be extremely lucky to, to get an audience. You know, I got lucky because, you know, essentially I got assaulted and I got lucky because I got to cut the Brie Larson madness happened. And I was covering that at that time or the, 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 um, the last of us drama or, Susie Lou drama, all this stuff that was going on around the internet, I got to take advantage of and, and be a part of it. Um, but there are a million people who do as good a job as I do that won't get lucky. And it's probably similar to sending, selling pictures of your, your b-hole on the internet. But this particular b-hole salesman uh, has decided, you know, in a sea of being oversaturated, right? I can, I never understood why people pay for OF, but that's, you know, Hey, people back me on subscribe star and they don't get pictures of my b-hole. So, you know, there's that. Um, so it is what it is. I don't hate the player. You know, I wish that young men, um, you know, young men would stop spending their money there because I don't think it's good. Uh, but anyway, in a sea of average looking T's and A's, you have to be a cut above, a step above it. And what this particular individual did was decide to um, brand themselves as trans canine. That's right. They are part dog. Uh, it's a very normal looking individual. I don't really want to give them clout. So I'm going to try to, you know, not going to be promoting them in that fashion be because it's gross. Um, so essentially this person is trying to sell pictures of their b-hole, uh, by telling people that they lay with dogs, a crime, by the way, uh, the rise of OF has resulted in an unprecedented Number of women who engage in this type of work online. Not great for society, by the way. These pictures are forever, right? It's easy to say when you're, you know, 25 that you don't care. But uh, after you realize that you're not going to pay the bills forever doing this, remember that your kids and your, the friend, your kids' friends and all them will see 
uh, these pictures online forever. And they'll be constantly uh, brought up to your children. Reportedly, 65% of young adult men watch these type of videos at least once a week. Again, too much, fellas. I'm not like a hardcore, like, never enjoy it, never, never, you know, get your rocks off guy, but uh, I think there's a lot of science around it being a net negative. While many men in that category watch it much more often, this percentage is expected to keep climbing as people are being exposed to this type of material at younger and younger ages. I wonder who's, wonder why that is. As this type of work becomes more popular or common and people are attempting to normalize it, the content available on these type of sites like OnlyFans becomes more depraved. The latest development is a woman claiming to be trans canine. She has been banned from the platform because of her type of content, allegedly spending time with dogs. By the way, they're also fired from their day job. Hope it was worth it. Self-proclaimed trans canine woman banned from OF after claiming she hooks up with dogs. Just when you think the internet can't get any worse, it finds a way to top itself. A Twitter user, blank, who has more than 184,000 followers. Who are you? Who are you that is following this person? Has been tweeting about her alleged encounters with animals. Much of the content is spicy and degenerate in nature. At first, many people thought she was just trolling, like many other parody accounts are known to do. But it became clear after a while that she was in fact serious. She spoke multiple times about um, engaging in this activity um, and treating them better than people. In other tweets, she calls herself the first trans canine and asks people to treat her with respect because of this identity. Eventually, her OF page was reported enough times that she was banned from the platform. Please just remember, I lost my job because of you guys. Selling pictures of your b-hole is not a job. It's a way to make money, but it's not a job. And now you guys got me removed. Oh, she lost her day job because of them. And now you got me removed off OF. Some things, see, society needs to reject more things, right? We've been all caught up in this live and let live, even myself. But like, no, this should be shamed. This should be banned. This should be removed from the internet. This should be, you know, uh, um, met with vitriol. I'm a human too. I have feelings, she tweeted on January 7th. This is a new story, by the way. Many people online are pointing out, pointing out how disturbed this woman is, but just as disturbing is the fact that she has so many followers and, public, and people publicly support her and ask her to see more content. Z does write this off as just another mentally ill person who's attempting to post content that has shock value to get more likes, followers, and attention, but there is something happening here worth discussing. This is via Evie Magazine. Um, you know, you have this in, individual article says, the transgender movement has convinced people that gender has nothing to do with someone's biology. This claim would have been considered insane or unbelievable just five to 10 years ago. And now it's accepted in mainstream society and promoted by politicians, celebrities, and the entirety of Hollywood. If you can convince people that a person can magically change his or her gender, then you can convince people of anything. Sadly, we've already seen this delve into the claim that people can trans age, meaning they can identify as a different age than their chronological age. This sounds deeply disturbing to most people today, conjuring up images of middle-aged men attending middle school because they identify is somebody who's 13. What's stopping our society from more widely accepting uh, trans age claim is that we already have accepted, we've already accepted the transgender claim. Trans canine is being claimed by this person as just as it's trans age. It sounds crazy, but when society claims that tolerance is the most important characteristic in our culture, we end up tolerating anything. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of a base take, isn't it? This person talks about uh, Bo Diddle regularly attends LGBT marches and events, interviewing various people who support the transgender movement. And one of his videos went viral featuring a drag queen being supportive of, you know, spending time with animals. The drag queen claimed that 
kids of any age, even as young as 10, can have gender reassignment surgery because it's their decision, regardless of the legal age of consent. Should the LGBT become inclusive of the animal time, Bo asks as a follow-up. It is what it is, he responds nonchalantly. If people want to do that, let them do it. Who are you to say what they can do? Well, I'm sorry, no. Absolutely not. First of all, it's illegal. All right. Second of all, uh, we have to stop embracing every mental illness as something to be worshipped and not something to be treated. I mean, there are there are like there are kinks, okay, and I respect that. But um, animal is not a willing participant in this. Uh, and if that's the case, if there is animals involved, then this person should be brought up on charges. If they're in America, certainly. You know, I thought it was just a shtick, but it's not. By the way, this person migrated to another, uh, another, in, another website, and they were banned from that too. Anything I want to put into my body, I should be able to do so. Well, not when it's attached to an animal. And now when it's attached to, say, somebody who's eight. All right? Enough is enough. Gross. And next up today, justice finally coming for Yoel Roth and Vijaya Gadi. Elon Musk Twitter files finally draws action. Now, a lot have come out, a lot has come out, in the various Twitter files, deluges, including, but not limited to, having direct evidence that the intelligence community, the FBI, etc., has infringed directly on United States citizens' First Amendment rights using the tools provided to them by both Twitter and Facebook, an indirect end around to silence speech. We've also found Pfizer board members using the tools provided to them by White House lobbyists to censor the speech of American citizens, as well as doctors that may lower the number of sales of Pfizer's most important product ever. Now, you might be wondering, whatever happened to the president's son's computer? Well, it looks like there may actually be some hearings on this, and it's going to get pretty darn interesting. House panel sets hearing on Twitter censoring the New York Post's president's son's computer reports. This has been kind of the standard mood of people, including myself, in terms of, you know, what does any of this mean? Yeah, we knew that, hey, many of us knew uh, in our hearts that we were being censored by, at least by Twitter. We didn't know for sure that it was the government pulling the strings behind the scenes. But now that we know that Twitter worked actively to protect the president's son uh, and as a direct arm of the DNC, at least in my opinion, what next? Many people looked at the scenario and said, well, what? Nothing's going to happen, right? Nothing's going to happen because nothing ever happens. Well, now the House Oversight Committee has informed former Twitter executives Wednesday that they are expected to testify at an early February hearing on the platform's decision to censor the Post's October 2020 reporting on documents from the first son, Hunter, and his computer. Twitter barred distribution of articles that linked to President Biden and his son's foreign business relationships weeks ahead of the 2020 election, claiming without evidence that the articles violated a, quote, hacked materials policy. Committee Chairman James Cormer of Kentucky told former Twitter officials Vijaya Gotti, Yoel Roth, and James Baker that, they will, that he will hold a hearing to examine their decision. So... Old Yul Roth, you know, he's been off with his his male partner, I'm assuming, and the slopes of Utah skiing, whatever like that, uh, cramming, cramming uh, you know, pushing some pudding or whatever. But now he's going to be brought up and sat in front of the bright lights uh, of the house to answer for his decision making. And this is something that the American people want. The American people want people to go to jail, by the way. I'm not sure what law in particular they may use to actually kind of um, 
justify locking somebody up in this case. I'm sure there are some laws that were broken. Certainly, when you look at somebody like Yoel Roth and his and his integration with the FBI, uh, you know, that is another question worth answering in you know under oath in front of other Congress people, people House of the Representatives. On December 6th, I wrote to you requesting your appearance at a committee hearing during the 118th Congress. Your attendance is necessary because of your role in suppressing Americans' access to information about the Biden family on Twitter shortly before the 2020 election, Cormer wrote in two separate letters to the trio. This letter reiterates the committee's request and, for your convenience in planning travel, informs you of the hearing date, which will be February 6th, Cormer wrote. I can't wait. Partly because there's literally no news right now. We're in a news wasteland. You should see the story I got later today about this OnlyFans model. Good Lord. It is interesting, though. New Twitter, uh, uh, although the investigation isn't, invitation, sorry, isn't binding, Cormer gave both Gotti Roth and Baker a January 18th deadline to reply. If they do not do so, the panel can vote to compel them to appear, which I'm assuming they would. The new Twitter owner, Elon Musk, fired Vijaya Gotti, social network's former policy director in October. Roth, the former director of trust and safety, resigned in November. And Musk, of course, fired Baker, a prominent attorney who formerly worked as the FBI's general counsel in December for allegedly undermining his attempts to reveal internal documents detailing historical censorship decisions. Many details about Twitter's decision to censor the post reporting remain unanswered, but documents released by Musk show early internal doubts about claiming the documents were hacked since they came from a Delaware computer repairman who produced paperwork showing the president's son had legally abandoned his laptop. The FBI paid Twitter $3.5 million from October 2019 to February 2021 to process the Bureau's censorship requests, according to records, but it remains unknown to what extent government officials weighed in on the computer or the laptop story. Civil libertarians say it's a violation of the First Amendment for the government to seek to suppress lawful domestic speech. The post-initial October 2020 bombshell based on the, the president's son's emails revealed that, that Vadim Pozharsky, an executive at Ukrainian national gas company Burisma, emailed Hunter in 2015 to thank him for the opportunity to meet your father, directly contradicting Joe Biden's 2019 claim that he had never spoken with his son about his overseas business dealings. Hunter was paid a reported $1 million per year to serve on Burisma's board while his vice president dad led the Obama administration's Ukraine policy. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The Biden campaign vaguely denied that the meeting occurred, saying, at the time, we have reviewed Joe's official schedules from the time and no meeting as alleged by the New York Post ever took place. Twitter banned the sharing of the Post article and locked the Post out of its accounts. And Facebook limited circulation of the story while saying it needed to be fact-checked. Photos and emails subsequently reported by the Post indicate that Joe Biden, one day before the email was sent, attended a 2015 dinner with a group of his son's associates, including Pazarski. And now we are sending them trillions of dollars. I'm sure it's unrelated though, right? I mean, it's just Ukraine. There's a billion countries out there, but I'm sure it's just a coincidence. An email revealed that Hunter also invited Russian billionaire Yelena Baturnia and her husband, ex-Moscow mayor Yuri Luzkov. Um, of course, she's Russia's richest woman. A second October 2020 bombshell from the Post described communications about Hunter and his uncle Jim Biden's business venture with the company's CEFC, China Energy. A May 13, 2017 email recovered from the laptop said the big guy would get 10% of the deal. The Washington Post later reported that he received $4.8 million, that is Hunter, from the CEFC. How's this guy broke? Is crack that expensive? 
This on top of, you know, brand new Missouri Attorney General releases more documents revealing White House's social media censorship scheme. You know, the White House asking to censor Robert Kennedy Jr., a known critic of the White House's coof narrative. The White House directs Facebook to shut down conservative voices, Tucker Carlson, Tommy Lahren. White House Digital Director Flaherty scolds Facebook, saying that he re- they really couldn't care less about products unless they're having a measurable impact at suppressing speech. This is a, a extremely deep rabbit hole. And you have, don't forget, Adam Schiff directly requesting to censor Americans. Now, if you're outside this country, this is obviously a big story. But it's even bigger inside this country because we have the First Amendment, right? And we have our, our elected officials using social media, Twitter, Facebook, and other tools to circumvent our First Amendment rights. Treasonous behavior. Adam Schiff should be brought up on charges. Absolutely. Uh, these people in the FBI should be as well. But when we have, you know, this is some of the stuff we're going to get over the next two years with a Republican majority. And it's going to be, you know, I want to see people squirm. I want to see charges brought. I want to, you know, this is one of the big things. You know, we had all these great Trey Gowdy sound bites and stuff like that, but nobody ever got locked up. Nobody ever had to really get accounts. So, so Mark Zuckerberg got to squirm a little bit for 10 minutes and it was fun to cover, but whatever happened from it, nothing. I think the American people want some justice here and they want some actual um, activity done here by these Republican leaders. So it's going to be time for them to put up or shut up. I'll certainly be watching closely on this channel. And next up today, Marvel star accidentally reveals Hollywood's anti-white agenda. If you've watched modern commercials, for example, um, you've probably noticed a suspiciously obvious trend about the roles that white males play. Um, They have uh, basically been relegated to the buffoon, the goofball, um, maybe comedic relief uh, in these roles. There's very few commercials in modern day, you know, advertising that display a a, a male, a white male as a kind of a strong um, stoic character. They still exist, but they're almost exclusively buried by commercials where um, every couple is uh, every color of the rainbow. Uh, the men are usually goofballs or dinguses, co- you know, constantly getting um, goofed on by women or, or um, for example, minorities. Uh, this is like the Homer Simpsoning of the white male. This has essentially been in the works for years. Uh, and it's also been true of Hollywood. And now we actually had Kamal Nanjiani. Uh, come out in a Marvel actor, Eternals actor, and he's been in a bunch of other things, obviously. Coming out and accidentally exposed um, some anti-white agenda in Hollywood, which is something, again, that anybody who has two eyes can see. The, the idea is that, first of all, you know, a white guy isn't necessarily always the best character for every role. I'm not saying that. Um, and you could all say the same as an Indian guy or a black guy or whatever. It's like whoever the best person is for that particular role is, is the best person for that role. But then, you know, Hollywood started, in, in, you know, rolling out these diversity quotas and saying that in order for a movie to win an Oscar, it must have X percentage of deaf people and, and disabled people and trans people. And, and in their quest to... Um, add all sorts of diversity and inclusion. They've basically homogenized everything, right? Like, isn't it funny how you can like close your eyes and basically predict the lineup for any new television show, right? There'll be like one white, white guy. He'll probably be gay. Um, there'll be a trans individual. There'll be a, a, a disabled person. There'll be a, a, a interracial couple will be that, you know, like this, this, every, every couple, every thing is exactly the same. They're all, it's because they're checking boxes, right? Well, now Kamal Nanjiani uh, accidentally exposes uh, this, this kind of anti-white agenda. Kamal Nanjiani accuses Hollywood studios of racism, unwittingly exposes an anti-white agenda. People don't want to cast non-white people as bad guys. 
So Kamal Nanjiani is whining that, you know, he can't get a job as a villain, but accidentally reveals it's because they reserve that role for white people. Eternals and Obi-Wan Kenobi actor Kamal Nanjiani, by the way, seems to be doing just fine. Um, recently accused Hollywood executives of racism, claiming that they are refusing to allow non-white actors play villains. By the way, I imagine it's way more fun to play the villain. I just, I just imagine I'm not an actor, but I imagine um, that it is. In a lengthy interview with Esquire about his upcoming TV miniseries, Welcome to Chippendales, Nanjiani admitted to the fact that Hollywood executives and cast agents are not casting non-white actors in villain roles. Nanjiani first posted, a, a poise, posited, sorry, I think that Hollywood now, even though they're trying to be more and more diverse, is still weird. Esquire's Henry Wong then went on to summarize Nanjiani's argument. The problem Nanjiani wagers is that good intentions can sometimes lead to misguided solutions. If the bad guy is a brown guy, what message is that sending? As it's framed by Wong in the Esquire article, Nanjiani concurred, telling him, and that's just as limiting as anything else. I want to play more bad guys. Well, okay, so white people were pushed aside for everyone else in every other role. They got relegated to the villain, and now he wants that too, right? Now, not, Kamal Nanjiani is not saying white people can't act in certain roles, I'm sure. You know, I, I don't know. I would assume not. But casting directors are. So they're saying, well, no, we need to leave these roles for more diverse cast. We'll keep the white guys as the villain or the bad guy. But now the, now that they are got their foot in the door or whatever, now they're saying, well, why can't we be the bad guy? Good question. I'm not saying you can't be. I don't think I, I, maybe Kamal Nanjiani might make a great bad guy. I just think it's funny that he, while complaining about one thing, he accidentally revealed, and like, he's not saying, and their argument always be like, well, white people have had their day or whatever, and so whatever, it's not that big a deal. Okay, so it's, it's not racist because reasons. Nanjiani then compared himself to fellow Marvel Studios actor Sebastian Stan, who not only plays Winter Soldier in the MCU, but is also able to jump out of the role and become a character named Steve, who is an organ harvesting have serial bad guy in the Hulu original film, Fresh. After briefly comparing himself to Stan, Nanjiani unwittingly revealed the anti-white agenda throughout Hollywood. The Obi-Wan Kenobi actor stated, Sebastian does this, these big Marvel movies, and then he'll play a psychopath. And, I'm to and I was told that's going to be hard because people don't want to cast non-white people as bad guys. By the way, that must be a new thing. There's plenty of like non-white bad guys historically in films, right? In fact, Wong claims that if the Welcome to Chippendales were not based on a true story, Nanjiani believes that the central role would have gone to a white actor. As Nanjiani noticed, notes, the anti-white agenda is an open secret in Hollywood. It's part of the whole representation agenda that these massive companies have adopted and began propagandizing, propagandizing on audiences. Amazon Studios' inclusion policy and inclusion playbook was touted by the head of Amazon Studios, Jennifer Salk, back in June of 2021. When she started with the establishment of our inclusion policy and inclusion playbook, Amazon Studios has committed itself to being a thought and action leader in the transformation of our industry. But it's just so like formulaic now. It's like, I, I seriously, like every time there's like, oh, do you see this new show? I just know exactly what the cast is going to look like every single time. Like, and there's going to be, there's good. And every, in like every new show, there's going to be some, some hot girl on girl and guy on guy action. Everything, every show you want to watch, that's going to be part of it now. Even, um, even in, um, what was the movie I just watched? The show I just watched, uh, was it 1911? No, that's the. Form factor. No, uh, 1899. Of course, there's like a dude on dude romance in there. Of course. It's not even special anymore. It's not even interesting when it happens. It's just like, oh, that's obviously Netflix doing what Netflix is doing. You know, enjoy your representation, buds. Yeah, I'm kind of spicy today. She added, we know how much work there is 
to be done improve to improve representation uh, both on camera and behind the scenes that starts at home with us with clear directives and a commitment to accountability. You know, of course, you have, you know, this article in Christopher Rufo scoop of obtained a video from Disney's all hands meeting about the Florida parental rights bill in which executive producer Latoya Ravino says that her team has implemented a not at all secret gay agenda and is regularly adding queerness to children's programming. Why? Grooming reasons. I, I don't know. What could be the possible reason? More representation? What kid out there doesn't know about the LGBTQ community now? Are you kidding me? They're getting it piped right down their throats mainstream from China on TikTok every day. Is there some kid out there that doesn't know that there are gay people? Please point me in their direction. This whole representation is played out. And by the way, there was plenty of it in Hollywood, even in the 90s. Okay. Will and Grace was one of the most popular shows on TV. This is all gaslighting. Now it's like, oh, there's got to be a gay couple in every single TV show. Every single one. Why? Because. Well, yeah, but what? Are you a bigot? Wait, wait. Well, I was just asking. Why, why is it every single? Because... We're talking about a very small percentage of the population. How come it has to be 100%? No, 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 you're a bigot. Doesn't bother me none. If the show's good, it'll stand alone on that. Whether or not it's good. It does not depend on who the characters sleep with. Unless the show is about that, which is extremely rare. But it's just so funny and eye-rollingly obviously bolted on. And the idea that you know, by the way, uh, just, you know, for the record, Hollywood had its worst year in like 100 years this year. I wonder why that is. No, I'm not saying it's because of representation. I'm saying it's because they thought that's all that mattered. And last up today, Gina Carano destroys snot-nosed journalist and his retreat was hilarious. This is a very interesting exchange between Gina Carano and a bum uh, traitor of the American people or journalist uh, that I wanted to bring to light. Obviously, uh, I am friends friendly with Gina Carano. I wouldn't say we're, we, we kick it all the time or anything like that. But, you know, I do have my biases there that, you know, Gina's a genuinely nice person that I've met and spent time with. And, um, you know, I think that uh, I am, you know, I do have some degree of loyalty to her, but I also have a loyalty to the truth. And, you know, in this particular story, uh, this journalist who sold out America uh, ends up exposing the fact that he's got no clue exactly what is going on. Because there's been a lot of leftists that are trying to dunk on Gina Carano uh, by saying, oh my God, Terror on the Prairie only made $800 in the box office. It was never supposed to be released in the box office. Everyone already paid Daily Wire to see it. Everybody that was interested in seeing it already paid money to see it once. Why would they go back to the movie theater to pay to see it again? But they're not interested in the truth or really any factual representation. And this, I th something tells me this little, this little journalist had to run away and change his shorts based on Gina's reply. Gina Carano calls out the Hollywood Reporter's Richard Newby as a journalist who sold out America and exposes his utter ignorance. I mean, you just love to see it. I, I love everything about these stories. This via boundinginacomics.com. Carano's comments came after Newbie asserted that he would never stop laughing at the fact that Carano could have had her own Star Wars series, toys, books, and comics, and apparel. He added that she was that close. She didn't just fumble the bag. She dumped it out and put her head in it and cut off her air supply. Again, this is his response to somebody having a backbone, right? To having their own convictions. Gina Carano famously blacklisted by Disney um, because, you know, uh, 45 uh, trans people on Twitter didn't, didn't like that she wouldn't bow to their demands and, and use preferred pronouns. That's essentially what it, you know, ended up being. Um, and so he put out this snarky tweet. Because, you know, on January 9th, a reminder that Gina Carano's latest movie made $804 at the box office. $804, not thousands, not millions, 804 But it never went to the box office. I can't imagine it was in more than one cinema. 
maybe for a private showing. Despite working for The Hollywood Reporter, Newby would seemingly be unaware that Terror on the Prairie released exclusively on Daily Wire Plus, at least at the time. In response to the user claiming that none of Carano's supporters bought a ticket to see the film, Newby replied, because they're not really supporters. Really? I paid to see the movie. A lot of people paid to see the movie. Maybe you should go to a Comic-Con or an event where there's a signing and compare lines and see how many people are, are there to see Gina Carano. Carano responded to New Newbie's comments, writing, Here is a contributor of The Hollywood Reporter who repeatedly joins in an online mob of mostly anonymous accounts harassing me. She then informed him about Terror on the Prairie's exclusive release on Daily Wire Plus. Are you aware that we released Daily uh, Terror on the Prairie exclusively on Daily Wire and you, uh, and you didn't know that? Or are ignorance and spreading hate your only purpose here? A fair question to ask, right? Carano then addressed Newbie's claims that she fumbled the bag and wrote, I didn't fumble the bag. I just didn't go along with the sellout narrative. And the online mob couldn't handle that, so they petitioned to have me fired and won. I'm not sorry for that. I stood for what I believe in. The right thing to do was, and the more time that goes by, the better I feel, Carano declared. She then went after Newbie, describing him as a sellout journalist and the one who sold out America. Carano tweeted, the genuine bag fumble is sellout journalists like you who sold out America and stopped asking questions to be liked by a fickle, manipulated mob. That is what you valued, and that will be your legacy, Carano proclaimed. Absolutely, absolutely savage, right? And of course, in the face of that, Richard Newby blocked her. Real Real tough guy, right? Get all those likes and retweets uh, attacking Gina Carano. Honestly, maybe the kindest person I've ever met in real life. Uh, and that's what you do. I bet you, I bet you this clown uh, talked junk from behind the block too. Of course, newbie's claim about Carano fumbling the bag is utterly ridiculous. For those who don't remember or don't know or don't remember, or who have bought the false narrative peddled by individuals like Richard Newby, Carano was fired by Lucasfilm and the Walt Disney Company for posting a meme warning about the dangers of hating your neighbor. Carano posted a screenshot from Warrior Priest Jim podcast to her Instagram stories. It read, of course, as we remember, you know, I think anytime you're going to compare Jewish people or what happened to them leading up to the Second World War, it's a dangerous, I, I'm not saying that it's inherently incorrect or that, you know, she wasn't even correct because I think she was it's just using that vehicle is a dicey one. Um, and people will selectively be outraged by it. Um, if they agree with your cause, they'll say you're more than welcome to use what happened to the Jewish population during that period um, to drive your point home. But if they don't agree with your cause, then they're suddenly worried about anti-Semitism and they're offended. I've seen it play out two dozen times, right? Pedro Pascal can use the, use the Holocaust to drive points home, but Gina Carano can't, uh, which is, you know, in general, why I would just avoid using it to drive home any points. But that doesn't mean, again, that doesn't mean she wasn't wrong or that she was wrong. Following this post, an anonymous Disney spokesperson announced that Carano's firing and accused her of denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities. The spokesperson stated that Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm and there are no plans for her to be in the future. Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable, the spokesperson said. There's nothing wrong with this meme and the memorial even posted a similar statement sentiment back in 2018. No, there's of course there's of course nothing. You know, but you have this Richard Newby guy, you know, um however Newby appears to engage in hating people as he's constantly targeting individuals like Carano that he appears to disagree with political. At the beginning of last year Newby asserted that Evan uh, Evangeline Evangeline Lilly was spinning herself right out of the MCU aside alongside Letitia Wright. Uh, after she protested against poke mandates. I mean, again, 
this is what the media wants, though. Look at all the people that stood up against this. And by the way, you know, I have to probably guess that Evangeline Lilly is probably in the thinnest of ices, uh, but she's remained relatively consistent in fighting back against the, um, you know, um, poke mandates and things of that nature. Letitia Wright had had said probably some some of the spiciest stuff about the poke, um, but she got right back in line like Disney wanted, right? You know, we want to tell everyone that we raise, we uplift black voices, but not their actual voices, just black people to say what we want them to say. That's what, that's what Disney really wants. That's what the left wants. That's why they, you know, when I talk about the left and, and their use of, of the black community as purse puppies, right? You can have all this success, black person, but make sure you never step out of line. Make sure you don't question the narrative because we'll take it away from you. Sure feels like that, doesn't it? When questioned by a user, newbie claimed that Lily should should be silenced because she wasn't a scientist. Evangeline Lily isn't a scientist, last time I checked. It's not a matter of an opinion. It's a matter of public health. Oh, all these opinions, by the way, age like fine wine, didn't they? All these stick-me-daddy uh, weirdos, all their opinions sure age like fine wine. It's absolutely pathetic to see. Make sure you remember to check out this video sponsor, Sheath. Their link is in the description below. Strong, long-term sponsor, important sponsor. And I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure you leave a like on it. And we'll talk to you again real soon.